0: Welcome to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. I'm Ludmilla, founder and CEO of Rampic, a B2B digital marketing agency. We help tech founders get the most of their marketing effort and promote their stories to our audience. We believe that every tech founder has a unique story and their business needs attention. Stick around till the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can become our next guest in 15 to 20 Hello, hello, and welcome, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Tech Founders Lounge show. And today I am here with Brian Childress, the technical advisor in the fractional CTO. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing?
1: Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, Brian, uh, the fractional CTO um, role is a very, like, Interesting one because he has a lot of angles. So if you can like give uh, our listeners a little bit of idea how you started your career, how you developed it, and how you are uh, currently uh, uh, doing what you're doing. So a fractional CDO usually he has a lot of background. So could
1: you please share the highlights of your journey? Absolutely. So I uh, didn't grow up in technology. Uh, I was not the kid programming on my family computer at eight years old. It just, it wasn't me. Uh, So I got into technology when I went into graduate school. And in that I found a, I really gravitated towards software development. And in that uh, I really learned a lot. And so I spent the next 12 or so years uh, developing skills, uh, both in full-time roles and freelancing and moonlighting to develop skills in developing software, Uh, working with teams, working with globally distributed, uh, you know, members, and really enjoyed a lot of that work. And so that's kind of wound me through working in industries like healthcare and finance and consumer SaaS products. And ultimately, um, now I work full time as a fractional CTO, which really just gives me an opportunity to work with a number of different startups and small and medium businesses that are developing custom software and helping them to you know, put the processes and quality control in place that will enable them to scale. That's awesome. And uh, what are
0: the typical challenges? Like why people come to you and what exactly they are trying to solve uh, with your help?
1: Yeah, I like to say that I turn around struggling software projects. And in that, a lot of what I do is I work with teams and individual developers to kind of figure out what needs to be built and really allowing the business objectives to drive technology decisions. And so a lot of the work that I do is making things a lot more simple. Uh, you know, I think as engineers, we really like to chase new shiny objects. We like to play around with the latest technology. We, we think that we're going to be, you know, to a Google or an Amazon size scale. And unfortunately, you know, it it takes a little while to get there. And so what I end up doing is taking a lot of unnecessary complexity out of software systems. Uh, I'll help the team re-architect. I'll help the team put in good processes uh, and just, you know, good, solid software engineering practices. And then from there, uh, we're able to scale. That's awesome. And
0: uh, I like. Take it into account that you are coming from like not technical background. Um, I Am I right suggesting that you have uh, different like stakeholders, like stakeholders with different backgrounds, not necessarily technical?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I work with a lot of non-technical folks and I, I tend to be that bridge between the technical team with you know bringing my deep technical understanding and we can kind of speak the same lingo and then translating that to the business. Um, To my non-technical stakeholders and then kind of going back and forth and really just making sure that at the end of the day we're focused on business objectives
0: uh yeah that that, that's perfect can you share like maybe a piece of advice or maybe a few of the most like successful tactics how to talk to like non-technical stakeholders non-technical co-founders or for example like marketing people like me
1: I think uh, it's important to understand who your audience is and what are the the things that they find important? You know, what are the things that keep them up at night? And then how can, you know, what we're doing with developing software, how can that address some of those concerns? Uh, I like to use a lot of analogies that I, you know, may or may not do well at uh, on the uh, spot, but I like to use a lot of analogies to explain some more complicated technical Uh, ideas or or paradigms to non-technical folks to help to understand what is it that we're talking about, what are the constraints that we're trying to work within, so that we can kind of all get onto the same page. And one thing that I've really found is that we all hear and consume information in different ways and at different times. So I have to deliver the same message multiple ways in multiple different formats or mediums.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's awesome advice. Uh, I always talk to I also talk to um, uh, both like technical founders and also like the marketing. So uh, it's amazing how like the analogy thing can work. You can build uh, bridges between uh, the concepts like in a in a very in a very smooth and natural way. So yeah, uh thank you for sharing that. i I really do appreciate it And uh Brian, one of the things. That I also wanted uh, to get your perspective on is the new and uh, emerging technology, because this space becomes very crowded and new tech uh, appears emerges practically every day. That's so, nice. yeah, from your from your perspective, uh, how would you handle that? Especially when you're taking that you try trying to kind of like take away the noise and unnecessary complexity, how does the new tech falls into into place here?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason that I think many of us technologists continue to stay in the industry is because it is ever evolving. We have so many new things that we can learn and play with. For me, a lot of that, you know, I, I try and stay up on the latest and emerging technologies. But most businesses may or may not need some of those uh, new revelations right away and bringing them to the into the ecosystem. And so we have to be kind of careful about what we do pull in. Now, I think AI as a you know it's the it's the hot topic, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity in that space, but it may not be you know the the robots taking over the world. I think the way that it I see it transforming business over the next few years is going to be really really interesting, and the way that we can almost supercharge our employee, uh, you know, our workforce. With new you know ways uh, to access information that they may have internally but didn't know existed, you know I think there's a lot of really interesting ways that we can leverage new and emerging technology. I'm just very careful about adopting it in large client projects because you know just as soon as the technology can come into the world, it can also kind of fade away. And for me, I have to make sure that we're you know we're not bringing in unnecessary costs that we have to maintain over time.
0: <laughs> That's a great way to to, uh, uh, to treat it because yeah, I I I'm with you here, um, and it kind of relates to the shiny objects, right? Uh, thing mm-hmm. that we mentioned before. So not not everything that is new could be uh, could be sustainable in the end. Uh, and there is one other area that I like. I'm really uh, keen on learning what you think about. Like, there is a problem of projects, uh, software development projects, being delayed. And usually, uh, yeah, usually it causes a lot of uh, confusion uh, internally, and from the business perspective, uh, it can really deviate the whole organization from uh, from their business goals. How, like, how do you see companies or businesses can avoid it or at least mitigate the risks of uh, development being slow and projects being delayed?
1: Yeah, it's really really unfortunate for all parties. Right, the business has lost time, significant amounts of money. Uh, The developers that worked on the project, you know, have put blood, sweat and tears into it. And then, you know, it may or may not ever even see the light of day. And so it can be very unfortunate to see those projects go that way. I think it's important to start with a good understanding of the problem that we're trying to solve uh, and really understanding that from a business perspective. And, you know, I always encourage companies to bring in a strong technical advisor uh, either they have someone internally or someone external that they bring in, just to to help to understand. Okay, what is the problem that we're solving, and then we figure out what technology needs to be leveraged to get us there. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of projects that you know I've either seen or been a part of. That start with the technology, and then we try and shoehorn a, a problem into that particular solution, and the solution becomes too complex. It becomes too expensive. We may not even have the expertise internally to continue to develop it. And you know, at the end of the day, we we have this overly complex, overly expensive system that probably could have been solved with you know a series of spreadsheets. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a kind of an extreme example. But a lot of projects tend to go that way. Uh, you know, there's there's different concepts out there in the industry where you know um, you know we're we're choosing a lot of technologies because the developers are excited about those technologies. They want to be able to put it on their resume so that then they can move on to the next, uh, you know, next project, the next company. Uh, And that's just an unfortunate thing for the business because it's uh, it's not serving the business well. So that's really where I tend to come in and, you know, take out a lot of that complexity, a lot of the unnecessary bits and pieces so that we get down to what is a solution that will serve the business.
0: And there are not always like things that you fully control, right? Because even if uh, like you have the team that is willing to speed up or you have your expertise of uh, uh, bringing the projects uh, together, giving them like a the better shape, removing extra complexity, but uh, if things go like really out of your control, what would be the best kind of strategy or tactics to kind of like bring the project back together? What, would, what, what, what do you typically do?
1: I look for what I can control, and it may be a, a small bit that we can control. But you know, I can control how does our system work. How do our engineers collaborate with others in the organization or with external groups? Uh, you know, I can always make sure that what we're able to do on our side, we're doing the best that we can. Uh, and then if you know, we need to go a different direction, then we change directions. We have to be willing to. Understand that, you know, the kind of the sunk cost fallacy and just be willing to, you know, take that hit and say, all right, these are the lessons that we learned from this. But we need to go in a different direction. Uh, and, you know, that may or may not work out for a lot of people. You know, it, some people, you know, may may be upset by that, may leave the organization. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but that's a, a cost that we have to pay to make sure that we are you know, headed in the right direction at the end of the day.
0: Uh, that's that's actually brilliant because um, a lot of people a lot of organizations can get easily frustrated about uh losing losing people right or not just the speed but also like some uh, talent which is usually a little bit hard to acquire in the tech space but sometimes Mm -hmm. less is more right sometimes it's just like you can achieve the business objectives with just less resources and less complexity uh, and actually less time right absolutely (laughs) that's that's wonderful and uh i also wanted to ask you about uh like your linkedin posts because i i noticed that you're quite proactive uh on uh, linkedin a lot of good and very useful content and for everybody who's listening to us uh brian childress right so the technical advisor, the fractional CEO. You can always find Brian on LinkedIn. And uh, I am reading Brian's posts, like, is, and there's is a ton of advice there. And actually, thank you so much for uh, investing time uh, and all the effort into building that uh, like thought leadership content. It's, it's actually very powerful and useful. Uh, as a marketing person, I'm really keen to know what brought you there. Like, why would you do that and why would you share that much with the community? Uh,
1: yeah, no, I, I really do appreciate that. Um... I, I'm not usually a, a social media person, so it did kind of go against my grain, uh, you know, pushed against my comfort level. Uh, but I found it to be hugely beneficial in being able to connect with a number of folks, uh, both folks that are doing work similar to me, uh, that may be, you know, trying to get to where I am or have the experience that I have, or ultimately the clients that I get to work with every day. Uh, And really, you know, my goal is to share as much information, right? I've got a, you know, a a wealth of knowledge that I've learned through many, many years in the industry. And I want to be able to share that with folks so that hopefully, you know, they might be able to avoid some of the mistakes that I've made, Uh, you know, and so I really, really like to focus on that, you know, Uh, so content has been a big part of, you know, the the things that I do to just kind of give back to the community at large.
0: That's a great motivation, and uh, I know uh, I know I know how hard it is to actually show up every day and uh, add value. So I really do appreciate the effort, and uh, I believe that for like the tech people, the tech founders, please follow Brian on LinkedIn. This is an amazing. Uh, example of uh how uh much value you can actually get uh from brian's expertise just subscribe to, uh, to brian's uh like feed on linkedin follow him add him add him to your network you would never regret that because those posts they have uh they have a ton of value uh me not being very technical but b- as a person who constantly build this, builds the bridges between tech and non-tech, Brian, uh, you are giving tremendous value to your subscribers and to your community. So for everybody who is keen to know, more, to learn more about the technology, about how organizations can benefit uh, from uh, the uh, proper like technical advisory uh, wisdom, and that Brian has acquired. Please follow Brian on LinkedIn. Uh, that's a lot, a ton of value, and I, pre- I, I think that you will appreciate uh, the uh, all the knowledge and everything that Brian shares on LinkedIn. So feel free to find him. Feel free to follow Brian. Uh, that's 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 the perfect way. That's that's the perfect way to stay in touch and actually learn from you.
1: You're very kind. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> so uh, Brian, thank you so much for being at the B2B uh, Tech Founders Lounge. Uh, If there is like a final word of wisdom that you will give to the technical founders out there from your uh, perspective, from your experience, what kind of advice can you give them?
1: I think the thing that I've figured out for myself most recently is that opportunity exists on the other side of the thing that we fear. And I I wish I could give attribution to whomever uh, first quoted that, but I found that to be very true for myself and pushing through a little bit of that fear. There's amazing opportunities just on the other side.
0: <laughs> Brian, that's awesome. Uh, so that's that's Brian Childress, fractional CTO and technical advisor. Please feel free to follow Brian on LinkedIn. There is a ton of value uh, in, on his profile. Get in touch with him, connect with him. And uh, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. You're You're such a great guest. I appreciate our conversation. Thanks so much.
1: It's been a blast. Thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. Ludmilla here. Thanks so much for listening to B2B Tech Founders Lounge Podcast. If you are a B2B Tech Founder who would like to be on the show, visit podcast.rampic.agency. If you've got something from this interview that you would like to share, please go ahead and post a link to this episode on social media. Just grab a link, send it to a friend. If you know someone who will be a great guest on the show, tag them in your post. To let them know about the show and include our podcast name, which is B2B Tech Founders Lounge, in your post. i love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are adding new episodes frequently, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. This means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Visit us at Ranfec Agency website or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.